So, hi folks, we are very, very fortunate this morning to be able to grab a bit of time with Stephen Kelly from Monofax and NI. So, I would like to welcome everybody this morning to sort of Obby's uh, inaugural um, New Normal podcast. And over to Stephen, just to introduce himself and tell us a wee bit about himself. Gareth, good morning. Uh, as you say, my name is Stephen Kelly. I'm Chief Executive of an organisation called Manufacturing Northern Ireland. Uh, we do exactly what it says on the tin. We represent Northern Ireland's manufacturers. Uh, anyone who makes everything from chicken wings to aircraft wings and everything in between. Uh, we were born largely out of a campaign to, uh, to challenge the issue of business rates being applied onto manufacturing properties and very successfully secured a 70% discount back in 2007 for uh, the manufacturing community in terms of their business rates. Uh, since then, we'd largely concentrated on the cost of doing business, whether that be uh, skills issues, whether that be energy prices, and of course, keeping an eye on business rates. And then the whole Brexit debate came along where we've, alongside others, led Northern Ireland's approach to trying to secure the best outcome for Northern Ireland businesses through that Brexit deal. And then back in March, uh, the current COVID emergency emerged. And it was at that point, really, we decided uh, no longer should we just concentrate on trying to look after those people who financially support us through a, a membership or a campaign fee. But we reached out to the entire manufacturing community, some 8,000 contacts in businesses right across Northern Ireland. And with them, uh, we shared the best information we could find, the best information we could create and to give them the best uh, chance to survive as a business through what has been the most extraordinary period in time. As you said, Stephen, obviously the most extraordinary period of time you know, in, in all sectors across you know, the whole of the world with this sort of global pandemic. So for those that maybe just don't know, how has the last three months really been for the sector within Northern Ireland? Well, it's been pretty difficult to say the least. Uh, we knew, uh, actually we launched a celebration of manufacturing during the month of March and yourself and others were participating in those activities and it started off really strong and we had a, a leadership summit down in Loch Erne at uh, the middle of the first week of March. Uh, enormously well attended, great leaders in the room, very positive and very uh, forward facing. But we knew there was a sense of something really beginning to bubble away and then the following week Come Friday the 13th of March, we really started to notice that people were asking some difficult questions. We, we kind of got the sense that people were preparing their own thinking over that weekend ahead. So we tried to get ahead of it. Uh, we reached out and got all the information we could find. We shared that on Monday morning, the, the 16th of March. And at that point, it really started a bombardment. Uh, it was some of the most difficult and challenging period I think I've ever had in my working life where we had businesses uh, under huge pressure in terms of safety within the workplace, huge pressure in terms of the workforce demanding to be sent home, customers losing, uh, customers moving away, customers cancelling orders, supply chains beginning to uh, fold. And we had uh, really probably about six weeks of full-on bombardment from people desperate for uh, some order to be created and what clearly was something was spiraling out of control. But thankfully, uh, we've had uh, a decent kind of month since then. Uh, the Chancellor and our Finance Minister and Economy Minister here have introduced some emergency interventions to support the sector. 
uh, people have availed of those and have used the time that they've had in close down to actually rebuild their workplace, re-engineer what they do, take on board the new health and safety guidance, particularly around social distancing, and start to put in place new systems and controls and processes in order to ensure that the workplace is safe for now and indeed for the period ahead. Good. Obviously, even with sort of the normal Northern Ireland resilience that we all are akin to, and alongside the sort of particularly the manufacturing sector, which is probably one of the sectors in Northern Ireland that really competes on an international basis, and with this being obviously a, a global pandemic, what sort of challenges do we sort of see now going ahead for clients with every sort of region and different countries at sort of different stages and how do we sort of maybe mitigate that? So you're, you're correct. This is a, a global issue. Uh, but with that global issue, some people have entered uh, these issues earlier than us and some people are exiting them earlier than us and indeed some coming later and exiting later as well. Obviously, with our, our really strong exporting sector, particularly in and around our food, in and around the kind of machinery, uh, crushing and screening machinery in particular, uh, that's creating problems where uh, parts of the world are asking for goods to be delivered at a time when it's difficult for us to produce. And other parts of the world are saying, uh, we want you to come back. We want you to be sending people to commission bits of machinery or whatever the case may be at a time when we don't have international travel. So it's creating real challenges, not just as we entered this, but actually as we exited as well. The second thing is that order books really aren't as strong as, as they were at the beginning of March. Uh, people are coming back into work, but we probably don't need as many people in those workplaces as we've had before. Set, set aside the issue of social distancing and the space required for, for people in those areas. So we have a lot of staff still on furlough. Our estimate is probably around half the manufacturing workforce are back at work right now. There's probably still another 40 to 50,000 people sitting at home enjoying this good weather, perhaps. Uh, and it's those people that, that we need to get back to work as quickly as we can because firms have fought hard to ensure that they've got the workforce that they need. Uh, they've spent a lot of money in recruiting those people and training those people. And those people are really valuable uh, parts of their business. And we want to make sure that as many of those 40 to 50,000 people that are at home at the moment get back in the work safely as quickly as possible. Again, as you sort of touched there, over the sort of the three months of which can only be described as, as challenged probably as any of us can ever remember, at the same time, there's been quite a bit in some cases of innovation, best practice, organizations who maybe traditionally were ever, even seen as competitors working together from collaboration. So from taking all that side of things, is there any sort of learnings or maybe good things come out of this that could maybe be moving forward um, helping? And how do you see that all going? Well, I think, I think the first thing I would say is that we've been really proud of the manufacturing sector stepping up and actually putting themselves in a place to support the frontline services. So we've had a number of uh, firms very uh, overtly repurposing what they do. The, the famous ones obviously are O'Neill's in terms of the medical scrubs lock blinds and hudamaki in terms of those uh, protective visors. But we've had about 600 manufacturers across Northern Ireland actually changing what they do to meet frontline demands and services. The second thing is we've always struggled to try to ensure that firms would collaborate. There has been a suspicion of people working before alongside each other. Obviously, people were uh, in a very competitive environment. But now that uh, they've seen that actually working together gives great strength, sharing resources and expertise, sharing machining and 
uh, and people sharing best ideas. Actually, every boat's, everybody's boat rises at the one time. So we need to bank that, that newfound confidence in, in collaboration. The second thing, or the, the last thing I would say is that what we also have seen is that people have thought very creatively around how they ensure they have a safe workplace. So what we have found is that uh, manufacturers as problem solvers have actually looked at this challenge and issue, worked out what they can do best for themselves, reached out to others for good ideas, and have been very, very happy to share it. So alongside others, we've developed a safer workplace guide. We've had some seminars and conferences. We've shared uh, pictures and, uh, and resources that people have shared with us so that they can actually put those into place across our manufacturing sector. Because people recognize that it's one ecosystem. We need manufacturers everywhere working together, either in the supply chain or on the customer side as primary producers or as suppliers to ensure that actually the entire sector arises at one. And obviously there has been across through the last three months, a wide and varying level of sort of government advice, support, help and assistance. Really, in terms of, sort of looking forward side of things, where is the sort of the landscape now, and what sort of help assistance really do you feel, in addition to what has maybe been already assured or promised, is needed over sort of the next six months for everything we do know, considering that we know that things will change even from today. So you're right. I mean, the the response from government to this both uh, public health and indeed economic emergency has been very swift. Uh, and the problem is whenever governments do things quickly, they tend to make mistakes and have to come back and try to repair some of those things. Now, that's not to say that we're not grateful. Of course we are. Some of the interventions have been very positive and, and indeed critical in many respects. But government is changing the goalposts all the time. Even last night at midnight, there was new advice in terms of people that are shielding uh, coming into play from today etc 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 so actually one of the big challenges that businesses have and in, in trying to keep their operations going and trying to look after staff and customers and suppliers to deal with the bank to deal with their marketing and their hr etc 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 they find it very difficult just to keep on top of what the latest piece of news is from government so that's the, the space that we've put ourselves into is to try to bring together all that information make it digestible and simple to understand and give people the best chance of, we read everything for them to give them the best chance of implementing that into their own business. And that will be the same uh, going ahead over the next number of months as well. The furlough scheme was changed on Friday. It's the current scheme is coming to a close on uh, the 1st of July, meaning there can't be any new applicants from the 10th of June. There's gonna be a new flexi furlough from the 1st of July onwards. So things keep moving all the time. And it's really, uh, there's really a fear there amongst some of the employers that actually, do we have the most current and contemporary advice? Are we needing to make other changes or adjustments to what we do? Are there investments that we need to make to ensure that we're, uh, we're protecting our workforce and our business? And that's where ourselves, that's where products like OBE are, are really critical, is that there's people out there scanning the horizon, seeing what governments and others are saying uh, right now, and implementing the best advice, the best interventions in a timely manner so that businesses know that what they're doing now is not just legal, but it's, uh, but it's safe as well.
And obviously, Stephen, as you mentioned there previously, with the organisation and Ecclesia yourself, you know, he's opened this up much more to not just even members. You know, as I said, obviously anybody that follows you, you're extremely prolific from sort of social media and LinkedIn in terms of getting advice out to people as well as sort of the entire team. But if somebody's maybe watching this from the manufacturing sector today for the first time and they haven't necessarily got some advice or maybe, as you said, they're stuck in operations or dealing with all those challenges, so where do they go now in terms of the manufacturing I to get information and maybe become members so for going forward? So you're, you're correct. Uh, we, we are a membership-based organization. We're actually more of a campaign than a, rather than a chamber of commerce and one of those types of organizations. We don't tend to invoice every year, but we do depend upon people making a contribution in order to, to pay for uh, the services that we provide and indeed the delivery that we've uh, managed to get on behalf of the sector. But we can't continue to do that for free for everybody forever. So actually right now we're out and, and encouraging people to, to make a contribution to Manufacturing NI. Uh, we've gone back to those people that have supported us over the years. And then those other 7,000 odd firms that are out there that we've been providing really good advice to you over this last period, we would hope that they would recognize that when they were needing someone most, we stepped in and filled that space. And we would hope now that they would step in and support us through this next period as well. And obviously, this sort of very difficult question, but that's why I ask it. I usually give the right answers. Is sort of no one is going forward. You know, nobody really knows the exact future. There's talks about second waves and all of those sort of things. But again, sort of coming back to the membership organisation, from what has been learnt at the minute, alongside the help of the government, again, do you believe there's anything actually that still needs to be done, sort of over the next three and six months, to potentially deal with these sort of challenges? Well, I think the first thing to say is that. Uh, what we've found whenever our frontline services went calling on suppliers internationally for absolutely critical pieces of PPE or other uh, equipment, when they called on those suppliers, they recognized that the suppliers just weren't there for them. It wasn't easy to get stuff out from China or India or anywhere else. So actually the buyer really needs to understand now that it's not just about price, but it's about resilience. So if a supplier calls upon a local manufacturer to supply them with PPE, supply them with face masks or whatever the case may be. They need to make sure that those suppliers are equipped and ready to go. So they, the first thing is that as we rebuild the economy from now, it isn't necessarily about a handout, but a hand up. So the Northern Civil Service are the largest customer in Northern Ireland. They really should be working with the supply chain now ahead of whatever second wave it is, ahead of whatever next pandemic may uh, approach our shores to ensure that they're ready and equipped and supported so that if they call on them, they're able to supply them. The second thing I would say is that uh, that collaboration piece, the working together by manufacturers themselves with people in uh, other industries, whether that be software, whether that be our public services or others, it's absolutely critical that people work together. We're a small enough place. We know each other really well. We should be really trusting each other to actually uh, be able to work together. And I would hope that, that uh, the, there's a challenge not just for the public services, but a challenge for manufacturers themselves. And I would hope that people would recognize that we're stronger together. We're stronger actually working uh, as one single unit, pulling each other up at a time uh, of most need. And if we do that, I'd be very confident that the sector would be back to the, the powerful dynamic industry that we've had prior to this pandemic arriving. 
again, Steve, you talk very much about the sort of the, the hand up analogy like that, which I think is a very, very, very good one. And it's obviously been sort of widely reported that organizations are now starting to look at maybe their international supply base, where historically an awful lot of stuff had maybe come from the likes of China and things like that. But with that collaboration and again, sort of people looking at that supply and maybe coming more local because of the challenges, how much in terms of sort of opportunity do you think there is for people going forward with that? But there's a huge opportunity. We do know that the, the finance minister and the executive were prepared to spend £170 million pounds on a PPE order uh, to bring it in from China. That £170 million pounds being uh, signalled out to the marketplace to textile manufacturers and engineers and others would really make a massive difference as we begin to re-establish our manufacturing community at the end of this uh, current crisis. So. We know that the uh, the challenges that, that were had there, there were people being able to buy uh, bits of PPE, but they couldn't get it on aircraft. Uh, prices of, for face mask, it went from three cents per unit to be delivered to 37 cents per unit to be delivered almost overnight. And I was assuming you could even get them onto an airplane at that point. So for me, if you're calling somebody from Portadown or from Derry or from Bush Mills or whatever, and you want the, you need that equipment, or you need that uh, that purchase, and you know it's going to be there. That has to be much more cost effective, but actually much more safe for those frontline services. So we would hope that that there'd be a greater emphasis put on that supply chain resilience, and not just price. And again, in conclusion, Stephen, probably come back to the last couple of questions. If you were looking really at having sort of two people listen to this uh, from yourself from a government side of things, and as well from the manufacturing sector and members themselves, what sort of really either ask would you ask of the government, and as well advice would you be giving out to members uh, as we sit now going forward? Well, for government, the government here in Northern Ireland in particular has proven themselves to be able to take quick and brave decisions. And as we exit this, they need to continue to take quick, but also brave decisions as well. They should take confidence from the fact that uh, people didn't come swinging for them. They didn't come criticizing them in terms of some of the interventions that they, they put in place. That's the They were very grateful and were very pleased that these interventions were done in a timely manner. So for us, it's about taking those quick and brave decisions, whether those are on planning or infrastructure investments, whether those are on purchasing for a health and safety uh, council, whether those are on uh, some of the interventions that they, they'd want through Invest NI. Those quick and brave decisions are really, really important. And the, in terms of the sector itself, I would say, listen, they've proven themselves to rebuild back from the 2009 crash. Manufacturing, uh, when we entered this period, was back to the employment levels beyond where it was in 2009. Uh, record levels of sales to GB, record levels of sales on an international export level, record levels of uh, R&D investment, record levels of wage uh, contribution, massive amount of value added and contribution to communities, particularly outside of the cities. So we know they should be confident. They've done it before. They can do it again. Uh, whenever they find a problem, they've challenged that problem head on. And if they do that once again, then we'll have this economy rebuilt in no time. And the very, very last one, Stephen, obviously, as we mentioned, sort of with the manufacturing sector, as you said, coming sort of from whether it be 2009 
to build into all those numbers you just mentioned. And equally as well, once those you start to learn about the manufacturing sector, which you know, in some of the stages for such a small geographical area, knowing that we compete internationally in many, many cases at the very, very highest levels. For those sectors, for example, outside of manufacturing, who are all at different stages of progression with a sort of pandemic going forward. What sort of advice again to other sectors? You know, hospitality is going to be getting back on the feet again shortly, and multiple other sectors. Do you believe that the learnings from the manufacturing sector and the team within it can be spread across to really bring Northern Ireland PLC back up to this a true position? I our manufacturing community had to make adjustments really, really quickly. Lessons were learned from that. We're happy to share those lessons with other parts of the economy as well. And listen, we need the hospitality sector back quickly as well. The, the food services industry, the people who were supplying food into our bars and restaurants and hotels and indeed canteens and schools and elsewhere, all depend on that sector being back uh, so that they can have a business also. I think the second thing to say is that we really should trust people. Most people are being very responsible. We know the rules now. Yes, it was absolutely appropriate that the government took aggressive action to radically alter the behaviour of people by putting down some quite draconian rules in terms of closing businesses down, putting in social distancing requirements, ensuring uh, that the people altered their behaviour really, really quickly. And people are there now, and most people are responsible, so we've got to trust people a little bit more as well. Listen, the hospitality business is really important, not just as an economic tool, but a really important social tool as well. We are enjoying maybe working from home. We are enjoying uh, the newfound technologies to keep connected, but nothing beats meeting people in person. So that sector needs to be back also, and that sector needs to uh, learn the lessons that have been learned from manufacturing and other parts of the economy and implementing that into their own businesses. And we know that they can return, return back safely and return back that great product that we've had that we've all enjoyed well look thank you very very much in conclusion and again as i said on behalf of everybody in northern ireland for all of the work that has been done by so many of the sectors you said whether it be sort of assisting frontline services or even being there to sort of uh, get things back up and running a massive massive thank you and again thank you for your time today thanks gareth